pushes away from McCulloch. Thurston gets the ball to Morgan. Morgan crosses the 20. Comes away to O'Neill. Gets the ball. scored. scored in the corner. Welcome to Above the Horizontal, a podcast about rugby league. I'm your host, Bo Nicholson. We have a full team back on deck with Kieran Gibson joining Daniel Friend and Miles Stedman to discuss why the Finucane four-year deal is outstanding business for the Sharks, talk two of us as Sheck's legacy, and argue about who will be in the grand final this year. Should be fun, so stick around. We have a full house this evening. We've got Kieran Gibson back from a, a long break. Kieran, it's lovely to have you back. You got six out of eight last week. Uh, we, we didn't have you on the show, so uh, no bold predictions for you, but welcome back. Lovely to have you. Uh, thank you. Uh, it's great to be back, and um, yeah, looking forward to the episode. Friendy, uh, lovely to have you back as well. Uh, you also got six out of eight. And you suggested that the Sea Eagles back three, which was the two wingers and the fullback, would score six tries between them against the Tigers. Uh, firstly, welcome to the show. And secondly, how'd you go with that? G'day, Bo. Hey, fellas. Great to have you back. Uh, I went from the penthouse to the shithouse with my bold <laughs> prediction. So, got one the week prior and was not even close this week. So, I guess we'll have another crack later in the show. Indeed. Uh, Miles Stedman, lovely to have you. Uh, you are a brother to me this week because we got seven out of eight together. Uh, we tipped exactly the same last week, so just going to rub that in everyone's noses there. And, uh, Miles, your bold prediction was that Ryan Pappenhausen, possibly with reduced minutes against the Cowboys playing off the bench, would score two tries and run for 150 metres. He did not carve up the way that perhaps we thought he would. No, I was I was dead wrong. They um they didn't pick the Cowboys to pieces like a, that I thought they would. Um, he wasn't particularly impressive in his return either, Ryan Pappenhausen. But um, that said, as as you said, he only played half an hour. But I, I, look, it, it still raises plenty of questions as to um, how quickly he should be welcomed back into the fold when the the Storm need to be pretty much a hundred percent certain of their best lineup going into each game. And we will talk about that very shortly on the show because that, that debate about who is more, probably the better starting fullback out of Nico Hines and Ryan Pappenhausen is a tantalizing one. Uh, as I said, I got seven out of eight. My ball prediction was uh, a bit of a stinker as well. We didn't, we didn't strike too well, guys. Uh, that Bailey Biondi Odo, the uh, reserve hooker for the Bulldogs, would break five tackles or more. Uh, he broke zero tackles. Zero. Um, and he, he was so, uh, so undesired, I suppose, that even when they had a late line break against the Sharks, the player who was looking to throw the pass inside to Beyondi Odo just decided, nah, screw Bo Nicholson. I'm going to throw it behind Beyondi Odo to Jake Avarillo, and he scored the try. And I'm like, oh, come on. He could have got at least a couple of tackle breaks there. But alas, uh, something that I learned was that perhaps Beyondi Odo isn't the most popular teammate uh, at the Bulldogs. But genuinely, what I did actually learn last week, guys, was that the Panthers feel sorry for the Broncos, I think. Uh, for some reason, they just can't put the Broncos away in two games they've had this season, having yet another closely fought victory against the Brisbane-based strugglers. And uh, I don't know if that's... It's probably not cause for concern for Ivan Cleary because they got away with four points out of the two encounters, but I do think the, the Panthers maybe have a bit of a soft spot for the Broncos, just a little bit. So that's what I learned in round 19. Kieran, you're back on deck. What did you learn from last week? 
I learned that the Melbourne Storm could well be a top eight side, even possibly top four, well into my 30s with the news that Craig Bellamy has signed <laughs> for another five years. I think he'll have a, a really good succession plan in place for whoever takes over, um, especially with the recruitment side. We've seen what they've done over the years. and I, Yeah, I, I think that their success will bleed into the next decade at least. Yeah, big news coming out of Melbourne. We still don't know exactly what it means. Uh, we don't know that he will be the head coach for that whole time. It's apparently, it's something that he's going to decide year upon year upon year. So we're going to keep hearing about this news story, even for those five years that he signed. But he will be at the Storm in some capacity for those five years. And uh, I think you're quite right. Friendy, what did you learn in round 19? I learned this week, Bo, that uh, electrical tape can stop NRL players from leaving their rooms. <laughs> So it looks like some of the uh, players obviously broke a bit of protocol um, last week and sort of families handing things to each other through balconies and things like that. And the Queensland government asked all the boys to use some of the old sparky tape and and send a picture of it on their doors to keep it shut uh, each day to make sure that they're not breaking any protocols. And I'm not too sure what kind of tape you can get up there in Queensland, but if it can keep Nelson Asofa Solomona from getting through the door, then I guess maybe they should give some of that tape to some of the Queensland club's defence. <laughs> Ouch! Bang! Wait, I tell you what, though, it wasn't strong enough to stop James Roberts, who had no. found himself in a little bit of trouble. Uh, I, I love the word allegedly being thrown around when they have literal photos of him on the balconies, uh, but uh, apparently... Well, I learned that he's the strongest man in rugby league. There you go. The only one to bust through. Um, Miles, what did you learn? <laughs> I learned that uh, James Roberts has a career death wish with the uh, the season he's putting together, plus that uh, miss, uh, miss, f- misfortune. But um, alas, um, I learned this week that fortune favours the brave. Um, the Bulldogs and the Sharks obviously recently landed some some big-name signings and, and Dale Finucane to go with them this week, starting with the Sharks. Um, and they sort of grabbed... Uh, a few of their signings from the clutches of the Tigers, who who look like the early front runners for a few of those signings. Um, and you might note that both those clubs have also, um, you know, for better or worse, depending how how you look at the the John Morris situation, they've both gone through uh, a lot of um, changes in the the corner offices of their clubs in the past two seasons. Uh, the Tigers not so. They've um, they've they've stuck the the rather uneven course with Mike Maguire. And I think maybe what's going on at um, that club's not all his fault. In fact, I'm certain it's not. But look, maybe if they do want to land some of those signings they that they claim they're in for, they maybe they need to bite the bullet and, and fire the um, the the main architect of this uh, recent um, uh, more in, one of the more inglorious chapters of the the club's history. I tend to agree with you and our good friend Chris Waring when when he says that no, Madge is probably not the big problem with that club, but it's hard to, to deny that they're not getting the signings that they want, like you say, and that the on-field results have stagnated and in some cases gone backwards in the last three years. So at some point he has to face the music for that and that might be just around the corner. Let's jump into some wildcard awards. Kieran, I'll let you go first, seeing as you're uh, off the back fence, so keen you are. What's your wildcard <laughs> award for this week? I've got the I'm checking you out as the premier referee in the National Rugby League competition, which goes to Matt Checkin. Um, <laughs> I had him long held as the best in the business, uh, but hey, he had an absolute nightmare for the Cowboys versus Storm game in what could easily be the worst officiated game I've ever seen. Yeah, and, and it's worth noting, obviously, that you and I are both Cowboys fans, but I don't think you're saying that from a 
the Cowboys would have beaten the Storm kind of way. Uh, it's no. I think it went both ways, and it was it was pretty diabolical, especially that last try. Like I think Kane Bradley sure, deserved yeah. his debut try, but my goodness, that pass from Lemuelu was like a thousand meters forward. Mm, yeah, and that, uh, there was a, a call on. Um, I'm pretty sure Checkin was standing right there where uh, Nico Hines got pulled back, and they could have called it. He didn't have the ball at the time, and the Storm probably would have scored a try. It was at least a Simbin. Just just bizarre calls all game, as we said. Yeah, that, I remember that one too. That was that was definitely a standout. Friendy, you're a standout. What's the uh, what's the wild card <laughs> award this week? <laughs> well, this one stands out a little bit because it actually isn't NRL-related. It is on the Olympics, and it's the How Bloody Good Award, and it goes to Dean Boxall, the Aussie swimming coach, <laughs> who he just went absolutely bananas, to use an old Tony Gregg expression, um, when Ariane Titmus, his, his uh, I guess, favourite, probably, student, um, won gold in the 400 metres, uh, beating one of the great American swing- swimmers. So I just thought it was fantastic. There's a lot of us in lockdown at the moment, and it was a bit of a feel-good moment. Yeah, I thought it was great. Yeah, absolutely. And it, like the amount of memes that have been generated from it, like uh, the grade cricketer, it was something like when you yeah. score 15 at a runner ball. And then- <laughs> it was, yeah, and then- it was when, when, they, um, when they call it off on a Friday night. <laughs> I've done that dance many a time. Don't worry. Um, and look, as I mentioned to you guys in the group chat, it was not dissimilar to what I was doing when the Cowboys, uh, when Jonathan Thurston landed that field goal in the GF. It was it was like that, but it was like four or five rows of of Homebush copped my love uh, that evening. Uh, so that sounded really rapey. Uh, it was not rapey, but it was a lot of a lot of a lot of hugging. That's all it was. Uh, Miles, please be doing out of this one with with your wild card award if you could. <laughs> Well, I've got the uh, Just Give Your Season Ticket Holders Their Money Back Award, and that goes to the Warriors, who have named Penahiku at 5'8 this week and named him captain to stand in for RTS. I mean, if you can't find a, a better captain among that group than Peter Hicker, who probably probably won't be at the club next year, let's be honest, and unless he's re-signed, which... He's uh, a, a Cowboys signing for next year. A Cowboys signing for next... Oh, sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that speaks even more to my point. He's leaving the club next year. That's, uh, boy, that's a real, uh, a real tough situation for the Warriors. Well, I, I was just wondering, like, obviously, Torhu Harris is unavailable. There's a few guys unavailable. Two of us, Sheikh, obviously, a big loss, and we will talk about him very shortly. Uh, yeah, like, who else? Who else is there? Cody Nicarima, Adam Fanua Blake. Oh, fuck. No, I'm, I, and I'm, I'm less. I guess I'm less poking fun at the selection and more at the fact that. That's the only guy that you could really consider. Yeah. Dallin Wittenis Lesniak's captain his country, so he's probably well, that's the, true. the oh main the main bloke. But yeah, <laughs> I can see I can certainly see where Miles is coming. Been from. there for like a fortnight. <laughs> that's. And true, I mean, I guess true. if like if Reese Walsh, uh, like if you don't think highly enough of him to a play him in the halves and b name him captain. I mean, like Queensland was was supposedly I, I don't know how much I believe it ready to select him for for uh, game two, but if they think that highly of him, but you don't, like, what's, I don't know, what's going on there? Nathan Brown, he's a weirdo, I just, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Go in hard, Miles, I love it, I love it when you do this. An old, yeah, an old uh, sparring partner of mine, Nathan Brown. <laughs> a friend of the show, if you will. Yeah, um, big shout out to Nathan Brown. <laughs> <laughs> uh, strong listener. Uh, I'm sure he's the only one that listens uh, in the sun- uh, Central Coast, apart from our great Daniel friend, uh, and Annette, of course. Um, 
my wildcard award is very similar to what you learned last week, Kieran, which is it's the Lamb Chop Award for the song that never ends, which of course goes to the Melbourne Storm. As we mentioned, Bellamy has signed on for another five years. Uh, so he doesn't know exactly, as I said, whether he will remain as head coach the entire time or not. But either way, with his nous and influence at the club, we can expect the Storm juggernaut to, well, go on and on, my friends, I suppose. So that is the song that never ends. Uh, award to the Melbourne Storm. Let's jump into some news. Some other signing news regarding the Storm, of course, is that Dale Finucan has signed a four-year deal with the Sharks. It's worth a reported $2.5 million across the course of those four years. One thing that's worth mentioning, or there's a couple of things worth mentioning there, guys. First of all, he's a 29-year-old man, so by the end of his four years, he'll be about 33 years old, which is probably retirement age for a middle forward, I would have thought, unless you're Paul Gallen, and there are some similarities, but not that many. Um, And B, something that I heard was that the although the average uh, yield of the contract is 625k a year the last year of the contract is about 300k so they're front uh, stacking the contract so his best years hopefully for the Sharks will be the most taxing on their uh, salary cap and then the riskier year by the end when he's a little bit older might be injured whatever whatever is a bit cheaper and a bit less taxing on the salary cap so with all of that in mind, Miles Stedman, you are quite the roster connoisseur for the Sharks. Is this good business? Uh, yeah, I think it is. Um, I, I think if you're doing a, um, I, I guess they're not doing a rebuild either. They're doing more of a renovation. And, and if that's the case and you, you do picture yourself uh, in the in line for a, at least a finals appearance in the next few years, then I think you eat that money on the back end with Fanuc. And he's, he's obviously a, um, uh, well, he's, he's uh uh, assistant captain, what are they called? Vice captain, alternate captain for his, yeah, his state. Vice captain, yeah. um, and he's he's obviously he's won premierships. He's um, played under Craig Bellamy for uh, I think almost 150 games now. Um, so I, I think you certainly you're happy to hand that money to him um, on the front end of the deal, which is not all that much, I might add, for uh, if you think Fenerkin is really the guy to put you over. And toward the back end of the, the deal, as you said, it's, it's not worth all that much really for a, uh, a forward who, yes, will be um, on his on his last legs by the end of it. But who knows? You know, everyone's everyone's different. Everyone's body wears differently. Maybe it'll wear down quicker than we think it will. But uh, I think the point of it being is that he's right in his prime, or or, or um, you know, just rounding the the, the straight you know, onto the back nine right now. Um, so I, I certainly think it is good business for the Sharks. I think they would see themselves as a team that. Uh, is it in a big shout for you know maybe the bottom half of the, the the top eight next year? And so I, I think you go ahead and do it. Well, they've they've come eighth the last couple of years. They're absolutely in the conversation, depending who you ask on this podcast for this year's top eight. Uh, Friendy, they it's it seems like good business on the, on the surface of it. Uh, would you would you agree with Miles' sentiment there? Yeah, totally agree with what Miles said there. I think it's a really good signing for them. Uh, when I think about the Sharks and when they had their successful years, I think about that tough, gritty, determined forward packs that will get in the scrap and, and won't let their mate down. And he yeah, he epitomises all those things as, as well as being a, a really professional bloke on and off the field. So, yeah, I, I can't see any downside in that contract. 
One thing I'm I'm looking at, Kieran, and I assume you probably echo it because I, I echo exactly what the two boys have said so far, um, mm. but they've signed Cameron McInnes and Cameron McInnes's best position, in my opinion, is lock forward. Now, they've got Blake Braley there at hooker. Uh, Cameron McInnes was in the State of Origin squad last year, very highly thought of player. Uh, Delphin Ucan, obviously one of the better locks in the competition, but can also play in the front row potentially. Uh, first of all, Kieran, do you agree that it's good business? And secondly, like, oh, like what do you what do you do with him? Uh, I definitely think it's good business. Um, you look at the Sharks roster, and I don't believe they have anyone on big coin. And if they can offload Andrew Fafita and Josh Dugan, uh, I think that they'd have even more money to bolster their squad further. As Miles said, they're they're uh, sort of renovating their team, so they would have money to throw at a superstar potentially as well to to come to that team. Uh, and that would round things off really nicely with how their recruitment's been going lately. Um, I think Aaron Woods is leaving as well. Uh, they do have Hamlin Ueli. I can't quite remember who their props are, but I wouldn't mind seeing Finucan play at prop. Um, his contract is four years, and if you're listening to Peyton, you might think that Finucan won't last at prop for four years, um, at least not for uh, too many minutes. He might have to strip back his minutes to... I don't know. You'd have to ask Peyton, but um, yeah, I think it, it, it it's a great signing. Uh, I would probably play him at prop because, as you said, McInnes is a great lock. Um, gets through so like sixty tackles a game. Uh, has a bit of a, a step on him. Can offload. I I think I really like the way that the the shark squad is shaping up, and I, I really like this addition and and that um, act, added factor where you said the later years of his contract are, are for less coin. I, I it's a brilliant piece of uh, uh, business from the sharks. Especially because so many clubs historically have sort of back-ended contracts and it really sticks them in a bit of a situation where guys like Moses Mbai mm. suddenly are worth one point whatever million dollars at the back end of their contract. It's just crazy stuff. Uh, one thing I would like to just end this on is actually you mentioned Todd Payton and he was asked just last week before the signing to the Sharks was announced. The Cowboys were in the hunt. A bunch of other teams were. And a, a reporter asked him, they said, look, you've got Jason Taumalolo. He's your lock. The reports are true that you are going after Dale Finucane. Like, where do you play him? And Todd Payton just sits there and says, uh, Tamalolo and Dale Finucane are both excellent players. You just put them on the park. You just put them both in there. Like, and you do, don't you? Like, if Dale Finucane plays on an edge or in the middle or whatever, you just do. Like, you just get it done because Finucane's that kind of guy. So, yes, agreed, guys. Absolutely good business for the Sharks. And well done to them. And they're probably a top... 10 side at the moment that could push into the eight, you know, ninth, 10th, eighth, seventh. That's, that's about their radar with a few of their signings, uh, including Nico Hines. And I might just change the run sheet. just a little bit here. Um, they're a top six team very potentially with this roster that they're building. So that's good signs for the Sharks. Let's talk about Nico Hines just briefly. We saw on the weekend that against the Cowboys that Pappenhausen has returned, but he's returned on the bench, much as Daniel Friend predicted in last week's episode. He is the reigning uh, Clive Churchill medalist. He was a shoe-in for the number 14 position in the New South Wales team uh, this season until he became injured with that concussion. And at the start of the year, you could make the argument, particularly because Tom Trevojevic was injured for a bunch of the start of the season, that Pappenhausen, if he wasn't the best fullback in the game, he was top three. Uh, so, he comes back, you would think he just slots straight back in. But unfortunately for him, Nico Hines, since he's been gone, has just absolutely dominated as fullback for the Storm. And he's a very different kind of fullback. You know, Pappenhausen is all anticipation, 
anticipation and pace, very much like a Billy Slater type of fullback. Nico Hines reminds me more of a Darren Lockyer type of fullback, you know, like a, a bit... He's very fit, but he's and he's a bit stronger than Darren Lockyer, say, but he's certainly like the ball skills are just really, really on with Nico Hines. So the question is, with Nico Hines moving to the Sharks next year, with Pappenhausen tentatively returning from concussion, as we saw against the Cowboys, Friendy, you, uh, you're a your minor boy like Nico Hines. Are you backing in your, uh, your, your local or, or are you thinking that the Storm should just back in Pappenhausen to give him the number one jersey and, and sit Hines on the bench for a while? Well, I don't think there's any rush. That's the first thing I'd say uh, in terms of Pappenhausen coming back. It may happen eventually, but at the moment, I, I think Nico's got it sewn up, that number one jersey. So how long that lasts for, I'm not too sure. And I think when Harry Grant is back and fully fit, so he's, he's in the extended bench this week, I, I think it may have some bearing on the way they make up. So um, if that was to happen, I would have thought, yeah, he, he may go back to the bench, Nico Hines, with Harry Grant. Uh, on the bench as well, potentially, or uh, he may start hooker and Brandon Smith may play 13. Who knows? But they've got a few options there, and um, it's a pretty good headache to have for Craig Bellamy. Absolutely. Well, that, that particular headache you're talking about, Brandon Smith has the body shape and the style of play to be a middle, and Nico Hines also has the body shape that you could essentially play him like a lock for half an hour off the bench and, and could definitely do a job. So, uh, But you're saying for now... Hines at fullback for the time being with Pappenhausen returning. Miles, you noted that Pappenhausen uh, looked a little bit tentative in his return against the Cowboys. Would you side with uh, Friendy on this one? Look, uh, yeah, I would. Um, there's absolutely no rush. Um, you're at the top of the top of the are they top of the standings or is it still Panthers? Yeah. Um, and there's only a few weeks left in the the regular season, so absolutely no rush uh, to give a. I guess a little bit of a different look at it that Friendy gave. Um, the only thing I would be worried about, and look, Craig Bellamy will be all over this because, as we said, he's, he's probably the maybe the best head coach ever, just re-signed for five years. The, the only thing I would think you would worry about is is ruining Pap's trust in the club by, you know, forcing him onto a wing or, or off the bench or for, for the remainder of the season. Um, for a guy who's he's not going to be at the club next year anyway, so. Yeah, I think if you stand, everyone's different. Um, you know, from all reports, perhaps a, a stand-up guy and you know, um, a lovely bloke as as all Storm players are. Um, but you know, you, you do have to be hyper-conscious of, of how you are treating a um, uh, your guy that you've you've basically tapped to be your, your next Billy Slater for the next ten years or whatever. Uh, against a guy who has you know said you know thanks Storm, but no thanks, I'm going to go to the Sharks next year. That's an interesting one. Uh, I, I tend to think that the Storm's culture is so strong that if that conversation needs to happen with Pappenhausen, just like, look, yes, at the moment, like long term, you are definitely our Billy Slater. But right now, we we just we need you to really focus on your recovery. We're going to do it slowly, slowly off the wing, whatever it is. I feel like they're strong enough that they would be able to manage that uh Kieran, do you have a different take on this? Maybe, maybe you prefer to see Pappenhausen at fullback as soon as possible. I'm kind of in the boat where it's uh, there's no rush, as the Miles and uh, Friendy said. Um, there's, I think, six rounds to go in the season, and um, I'm usually of the opinion that you have to go with form, which would lean towards obviously Heinz. Pappenhausen hasn't been playing, and Heinz' try involvement numbers have been ridiculous. 
but I think with six rounds to go, it's a uh, it's a really nice time for Pappenhausen to come back. He, if he can have a couple of standout perform performances from the bench before the finals, I I actually lean a little bit towards Pappenhausen starting um, come final or before finals. I'd like him to so that I, I'd give him four weeks um, to earn back the number one jersey. I, I think he has to slot back in at least two weeks before finals. So uh, that's a, to- a tall task for Pappenhausen, but I don't think it's anything too much for him, even if he was tentative against the Cowboys. Um, his form before he got injured uh, was brilliant. He was scintillating, easily the best fullback in the comp before that um, that injury, I thought. So if he can get back to that, I think he has to start. Um, and Hines' utility value probably hurts him just a little bit. And probably his des- destination next season. I, I tend to agree. I, I think... I think you're all right. No rush. And I think the most important thing for the Storm is making sure that they win the comp, whatever that is. And if all the players buy into that ideal and that culture, and Bellamy is the kind of guy that seems capable of delivering that message, uh, they will be there or thereabouts. Let's actually jump onto that point next, because I'm just going to put the RTS talk on the back burner just for a little bit. I will come back around, I promise. But in the meantime, we have a little bit of a debate happening here and and i want no hair pulling or anything like that guys like let's keep it nice and civil Uh, i've got such little hair as it is so please be nice um basically for the first time since 2008 there is a possibility or you know there's a possible every year i suppose but 2008 was the last time that we had uh, the uh, a grand final rematch in the grand final that following year. So that was, of course, the Sea Eagles and the Storm, who both contested the 2007 and 2008 grand finals. The Storm won the first before it was stripped, and the Sea Eagles won the second 40 to nil. Since then, there's been a change of the guard in some respects every single season. There's been a bunch of seasons where the Storm were in the grand final, say, three seasons in a row, uh, 2016, 17, 18. Uh, and only won one of those, uh, but they face a different opponent each time. So the debate is, do we think that the 2021 grand final will be contested between the Storm and the Panthers? I might start with the affirmative side. Friendy, you reckon that it will be between the Panthers and the Storm. Convince me that you're correct. Yeah, I certainly do. Uh, they're the two best sides um, well, by a long way, I think, when, as long as Cleary's there. Um, so this is based on Cleary being back. So the main threats you would have thought to stopping this grand final rematch are South Sydney, who both of these sides beat them by 50. Um, the Eels, who have shown over multiple seasons, not just this year, they struggle in big games. The Roosters, decimated by injuries. And Manly, who everyone is really hot on at the moment. But I've done a little bit of digging, and people don't seem to have noticed that... Manly have only beaten two top eight teams this year, and one of them was the Dragons the other week when they had their players suspended. So um, the other time was when they beat Parramatta, uh, and who, I've just said, they struggle in big games. So realistically, I I can't see anyone there other than uh, the Storm and the Panthers. Very interesting. Uh, I I will not have Dragon slander on the chat, though, Friendy. So, no. (laughs) Um, Miles, you also agree with Friendy. Uh, it's pretty pretty solid reasoning. Uh, do you have anything to add to the opening arguments? No, I, I really don't. As as Friendy said, I think it's um, the, the argument speaks for itself, and it is at this point all about health. I'd say. Um, I think um, the the Rabbitohs' best game is good enough to beat 
the Panthers, I'm not sure about the Storm. Um, obviously, we saw that Rabbitohs Panthers preliminary last year in which they almost did win. So that does have me convinced a little bit, but um, I'm certainly not sure about any other finalists. They all have big holes in their argument, as, as Frindy's pointed out. So I'll, I'll leave it at that. Speaking of holes in arguments, Kieran, you and I have decided to vote against this. Now, it does seem like an odd argument to say that it won't be the Panthers in the Storm. And I certainly think that they probably are the two best teams. And I think that they certainly both deserve it. Um, and I, 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 part of me would like to see the Panthers win because I think they've earned it with their hard work they've done in the last decade with their junior development. And part of me would like to see the Storm do it just for Dale Finucane because he seems like a ripper bloke. But there is there are some other teams out there. Friendy's put a line through a few of them. Kieran, why won't it be the Panthers in the Storm? Uh, it, it's a little bit hard to argue that it won't be, but uh, especially considering that I have the storm as all but certainties, um, unless they were coached by our friends of the pod, Kevin Walters or Nathan Brown, I, I can't, <laughs> I can't see them not getting there. Um, the only thing I would say is that, and this was uh, my argument here, is I dampened a little bit when I found out today that Cleary's likely back next week, but if he wasn't back until the finals. Hopefully, when he comes back next week, he's a bit rusty and he's a bit slow to get going. Um, and then when finals footy comes around, that's a whole other intensity. He's going to have to lift his game, although he has shown that he can, uh, despite ha- still having question marks over his game-winning ability. Uh, and then Toho and Tyro May are both out um, until finals as well. That's another couple of... Um, well, definitely Toho is quite a key player, and then May had a, a great game um, on the weekend or maybe the week before against the Warriors. Um mm-hmm. And then I also look at it uh, most years when teams trying to come to the GF for a second time get to the prelim or or even get to week one of the finals or week two of the finals. I think the Rabbitohs, after they won in 2014, they got bounced uh, in the first week of the finals the next year by the Sharks, I'm pretty sure. Um, and then the Storm in 2019 lost to the Roosters in the prelim. Um, the Cowboys in 2016 lost to the Sharks um, in the prelim. Uh, it's, it's unbelievably hard to make a GF once um, to go back the next year and make it, and then to have two teams repeat, it almost never happens. As we said, it only happened in 2008. I think that the Rabbitohs are the, the greatest threat to it, and I, I really like them to, to do it. I I think we've got a, a few question marks over, um, I think it's their left edge defense with Gagai defending there. Uh, if they can fix that up, um, I, I, I really like them. I, I have kind of written out ruled out sorry the uh the eels i don't really like how they're playing at the moment i don't think that they can turn it around uh, but i, I w- i'll go for a, a storm rabbitohs grand final at least at the moment that could change that's where i'm landing as well i would say storm and cowboys but i just mathematically it just doesn't <laughs> check out so uh storm storm <laughs> storm and the rabbitohs as i said i'd love to see the panthers do it but one thing i will add to what you've been saying there kieran is that the rabbitohs certainly certainly do have the class and while their left edge defense might be a bit troubling their left side attack more than makes up for it uh they've got the adam reynolds factor that's this is a this is a a, a boyhood uh, he's, he's, he's been a, a rabbito, he's bled rabbito since he's been a kid, right? So, and they know that he's leaving and they leave, he's leaving through circumstances where he probably didn't really want to, frankly. And he's going to a, f- 
fucking dead shit team as the Broncos. <laughs> so, 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 like, there will be extra Big added motive. <laughs> shout out to every Broncos fan. I know there are a few that listen to the pod. Um, I think they kind of like the adversarial, like, strength that I bring to the podcast. Like, sort of fires them up a little bit. They keep, they can't turn away kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, I, I think there will be a bit of added motivation. This is Wayne Bennett's last season as well. It's like a perfect storm of, well, a perfect rabbit hole, if you will, of, uh, of <laughs> it's like a concoction of, of just ready to brew over into, into a premiership. I can just sort of feel it in the uh, much aforementioned waters that I keep unfortunately bringing up <laughs> in this podcast. So, rebuttal time. Friendy, the Rabbitohs are going to be the team that are going to knock out the Panthers, and here's why. I'm worried about Cleary, and I think it's a matter of, like, if he's away for four or five weeks, does he lose that that uh, that fluency that he had? And if, he's, if he comes back too early, is it too much of a risk? And as Kieran says, Toro is probably one of the most influential wingers in the comp uh, with his yardage. So, I think injuries are actually a, a big problem for the Panthers, and... While they're going to be a contender, absolutely, there's no question about that. I just don't think they're going to make that final hurdle. So, Friendy, tell me I'm wrong. Uh, I will. Uh, Brian Toto, Bizza, Bizza as he's known to the boys out west who will be in the grand final. Uh, he's just having a little, he's just kicking his feet up. It's all right. He's just having a little rest for six weeks. He'll come back maybe the last week or week one of the finals. He'll run his 300 metres. He'll be right. It's okay. Don't worry about him. And Nathan... Uh, I won't have you question Nathan. He's an absolute <laughs> superstar. He'll be fine. Get some some of that um, electrical tape up in Queensland. Get it on him. He'll be right. <laughs> it's very strong electrical tape. Uh, one thing that we can say uh, about the Queensland versus New South Wales rivalry, Miles, is that electrical tape is just much better up here. It's as simple as that. Uh, Miles, tell me I'm wrong. Uh, look, you've, you've certainly appealed to my heartstrings there, but you, you haven't appealed to my head. I, I still think that, you know, I think that the Panthers could even limp into the grand final with a, uh, a half-cooked Cleary and a, um, uh, a maybe not totally on his game Brian Toto. So, yeah, I'm still taking the Panthers in the storm here. I'm just sort of picturing, I, like, I know that when you say half-cooked Cleary, you mean injury-wise, but I'm kind of picturing a half-cooked Cleary. <laughs> yeah, it is Penrith. <laughs> <laughs> just, just doing his TikToks or whatever and uh, <laughs> just, just blinding his way into the grand final. Uh, look, Kieran, a chance for rebuttal. They, they just, like, yeah, sure, the Rabbitohs are a chance, but they just don't want to seem to bite here, these two boys. Uh, the only thing that I lean back on is the fact that the Rabbitohs were kind of on the back foot most of that prelim last year against the Panthers, uh, and then they, they really hung in and, and nearly came charging home with that 40-20 from, just missed on the 40-20 from Adam Reynolds. Uh, mm. I think if they match up again, I, I'd really like to see how it goes. I think the Rabbitohs edge it. Um, yeah, it's all contingent. I, I don't actually know, but I'll I'll stay stick true to the uh, Rabbitohs. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to stick with you. So, let's call it a stalemate. Uh, look, and at the end of the day, we're going to have some bragging rights at the end of the season. But what I will do is I will throw it on the socials. Let's see what everybody else thinks. I've got a feeling that the popular vote will be with the Panthers and the Storm doubling up. But I think the Rabbitohs are absolutely in the conversation. I do tend to agree with, with you both in saying that, yeah, the Eels probably aren't there. The Roosters probably aren't there. The Seagulls... In big games, probably aren't there. Uh, you know, the rest of the eight is almost inconsequential, really. Um, 
So I, I, I tend to agree that it really has to come out of those three. The Storm, the Panthers, and maybe the Rabbitohs. And I've just got a funny feeling it'll be the Rabbitohs, but let let time be the let time be the judge and let everybody else be the judge too on the socials. And I'll, I'll be sure to throw that up maybe just before Friday or Saturday. It depends how this moving situation goes. Before we jump into halftime, I would like to touch on the fact that Roger Tuovasa-Shek has made the very difficult decision to uh, retreat back to New Zealand in preparation for his rugby union career, which will be starting next season. Uh, he's been a, a great servant of the game. He started out on the wing at the Roosters uh, before eventually becoming a fullback there once Anthony Minicello uh, went on his merry way. was a big-name signing for the Warriors basically the, the whole first season that he was there, he was injured. Uh, so that looked like a bit of a stinker of a signing for a while for the Warriors until, of course, he became a, a Dally M winner. Uh, a fantastic captain. Seems like a really good leader. Seems like a really good dude. Uh, and obviously a, a fantastic player. So I, I know that I speak for all of us when we when I say that we're very sad to see him go. Kieran, you, you put the question to us, so I'll let you have first crack at it. What's your, uh, what's your favorite thing about RTS? Uh, favorite thing? Oh, it, it'd be between his uh, his hot step and uh, his just his effort on effort every single game. Uh, he plays for the Warriors, a club renowned as inconsistent, and you don't know what you're going to get from one week to the next. Yet he is the ultimate competitor and embodiment of effort and consistency. I, I honestly put him up there with JT in terms of effort on every play. Um, but yeah, his his favorite sort of uh, I guess signature move is that enigmatic movement and step he has with acceleration off the mark um, particularly in his earlier seasons uh, that's what I'll remember him for most there are a couple of clips on YouTube where he had no room to move and he still somehow stepped past defenders on the wing to score two absolute perlers um, so yeah it's a, it's a sad day to see him go but uh, hopefully he kills it in Union and maybe we'll have him back one day Speaking of those clips, if you, if you can send those through to the group chat, I, I'd love to share it on the uh, on the Above the Horizontal page because uh, I want everybody else to see it too. Uh, fleet of foot, uh, fantastic player, Friendy. Uh, Roger Tuovasa-Shek will be missed. Yeah, he certainly will. He'll be remembered as a obviously that fleet of foot and the uh, really good step and footwork that we've spoken about and, and you guys mentioned. And I, I think a humble team-first player will come to mind as well when I think of Roger so especially when they spoke about Reese Walsh's signing at the club and took him one training session to to say that I'm going to go play on the wing coach and stick the kid at fullback because he's the future and that's sort of how selfless he was so yeah he'll be sorely missed and, and a really good player absolutely Miles uh, you're a, a rugby union fan as much as a rugby league fan so I'm sure you'll uh, keep tabs on Roger's career but it is sad to see him leave the uh, the 13 man sport yeah, it is. Um, and, and something that stood out to me across his career is that he, he always just shut up and, and got it done, um, which you don't see enough of these days, I think. He, he's obviously spent a number of years on the wing there at the start of his career um, with the Roosters, as we alluded to, while waiting for Anthony Milicello to retire. And I think um, everyone sort of clearly knew he was probably the best fullback at the, the club at that point, but it, it didn't matter to him, and he, he never once agitated, um, never attempted to, to get himself released or or Andy's contract earlier or anything like that. And then once he'd accomplished that, he, he established himself as one of the, the best fullbacks in the game and signed with his boyhood club. And, and they proceeded to pretty much waste any of, and all of the remainder of his, his potential in the sport. Um, and, you know, he's, he's still, he took his lumps. He, he stood tall and, and he took on the responsibility as captain and, 
you know, it was all without, again, you know, uttering a peep about his contract or, or, or where the club was at. Um, yeah, he was one of the, I think um, he, he's one of the few remaining um, men in, in a sport full of boys. And, and quite frankly, I think the, uh, the All Blacks probably deserve him, whereas the, the Warriors don't. Harsh words on the Warriors, but probably fair to be to be quite honest. And I I remember two things about Roger. I'll I'll remember the uh, I've been corrected about this on air actually by by Mr. Stebbin. I thought he was the first New Zealander to win the Dalian, but he was not. Gary Freeman was, of course, when he was with the Roosters in 1992. Thank you for that one, Miles. I'll never forget that little trivia tidbit. <laughs> um, but I remember that when he won the Dalian and he's sitting there on stage, oh, standing there on stage with this medal around his neck and and Isaac Luke and I think it was Jordan Rapiner uh, and maybe one other New Zealander, I'm not sure, they got up and did an impromptu harker out of respect to him uh, on the floor of the dining area and and the tear that welled up in his eyes uh, was a was a fantastic moment. I thought a really a real rugby league moment, you know, of, of like celebrating our culture, celebrating the the various cultures that we have in the sport, and celebrating just a really good human, a really good player. So uh, last year, when it was just the three of us, uh, mid season we we ranked the best fullbacks in the comp. Uh, that was Kieran Miles and myself, and unanimously we all decided that he was the second best fullback in the comp that's behind James Tedesco that is not a slight on to, to uh, two of us a check at all uh, and that despite the fact that he was playing with the Warriors and always playing outside the top eight so I agree with all of you he was a uh he was a fantastic player and and will be missed so as we head into the halftime break uh I would like you to send through that 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 video, uh, Kieran, yeah, because I, sure. I will I will forward it on to the to the listeners. Uh, what I will also forward on to the listeners is the Pretty Fly ad, which is another podcast that I do with my friend Daniel Lang. Uh, it's all about nineties nostalgia and keep an eye out for upcoming episodes about Green Day's Dookie, um, which of course I have not recorded yet because I'm moving house. But then we're gonna play around with a couple of rosters. Uh, particularly with this this short-term roster idea with uh, Tavita Pangai Jr. moving to the Panthers on the short-term deal, uh, how the top teams can sort of pillage the also-rans uh, at the end of the season before August 1st. And we we play coach and, and recruiter for a little bit in the halftime break, so stick around for that. Back soon. If you can't get enough of Seinfeld, overalls with one of the straps undone, the Chicago Bulls winning championships and the Brisbane Broncos being a good team, then it's a pretty good bet you love the 90s. If you do, you should tune in to Pretty Fly, a 90s nostalgia podcast, which is brought to you by the We Made This Podcast Network. It's hosted by me, Bo Nicholson, and the founder of the Pioneer Australia, Daniel Lang. It's a conversation podcast where we discuss the pop culture icons of our favourite decade, Season 1 is ready to listen to right now, with Season 2 arriving soon. Search for Pretty Fly, a 90s nostalgia podcast, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Welcome back to Above the Horizontal. My name is Bo Nicholson. I'm joined by the full cast this evening, Daniel Friend, Kieran Gibson, and Miles Stedman. And on the back of news that Tavita Pangai Jr. has left the Broncos, he has signed a three-year deal, I believe it was, with, or maybe two-year deal, with the Bulldogs starting next season. But... 
Until then, of course, he's joined up with the Panthers for the remainder of the season because there's this really weird thing in rugby league where we've decided that August 1st is our deadline for transferring players across clubs, which is like round 20, which is, uh, I think, a little bit odd. And I think if we really got into the crux of that, I think most of us would agree that that's a pretty odd thing to do. Um, but nevertheless, one of the strongest teams in the in the comp, the Panthers, who are coming second at the moment, and according to half of us, are probably going to be in the grand final this year, have strengthened their team even further for a couple of months with Tavita Pangai Jr. being plucked from the Broncos, who have almost no chance apart from mathematically making the finals. So uh, a good situation for the Panthers. The Broncos don't seem to care. They were going to get rid of them anyway. Uh, so we, we, we had a thought. There's a bunch of teams that are still in contention for the top eight. In fact, there's probably, if I do the maths on it, it's probably about 11 teams, frankly, because the only ones that are really out of it are the Tigers, Cowboys, Warriors, Broncos, and Bulldogs. So we decided that we would play coach and recruiter for each of those teams and pick a player from those bottom five that would strengthen them before August 1st. And I'll start off. My name's Bo Bellamy. I'm from the Melbourne Storm, and I am going to select a player from those bottom five teams to strengthen my side as we chase a second premiership in a row. And for me, it was pretty easy. Uh, Xavier Coates, who is currently outside the top 17 at the Broncos, so he's currently not being used. He's a current state of origin winger. He played all three games this season. Uh, And... He uh, He's coming to my team next year. So I figured, well, the Broncos don't want him. Um, we may as well take him a couple of months early. Uh, yeah, I think he probably just strengthens our, our side a little bit instead of a guy like George Jennings with respect. So, George, I'm sorry. We've got Xavier for some competition for you. So Xavier Coates comes in to the Melbourne Storm if it's up to me. Now, the Panthers are the next cap off the rank. I'm going to talk to Kieran Cleary. Kieran, you've already got Tavita Pangai Jr. coming across from the Broncos. Is there anyone else you want to add to the Panthers? Uh, looking at our roster, I, I just sort of see uh, I've liked what Tyron May's done for us. He was he played in the grand final last year, but uh, I think uh, if we want to go one better this year, we'd, we'd like to bring in Reese Walsh from the Warriors as our utility um, for the last three months and, and get us to that grand final that uh, Miles and friends um, are saying the Panthers will get to. I, I think he'd bring a lot of value off the bench, um, can play a few different positions. He's enigmatic. He also is a bit like uh, Tuvasa Shekin that he has that acceleration off the mark uh, and he can su- sustain it over um, 100 metres. Uh, I think he would be great to bring into the club and that's our pick. Oh, very, very interesting. I wonder if the Warriors would let that one happen. But, you know, like the Warriors may as well see if the kid can win a premiership and then bring that experience back. That might be something. Uh, Next, I'm going to talk to Daniel Bennett, the love child of Wayne Bennett. Uh, And you're in charge of the Rabbitohs, Mr. Bennett. What do you have for us? Oh, I am. So do I speak like <laughs> Wayne as well? <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, I'll jump out of Wayne Wayne's sort of uh, character there for a second. So I think they're a little light on in the middle, the bunnies. So the obvious guy to think of would be Jason Talmalolo. However, I think for the Rabbits and the way they play the best, they play quick up-tempo footy over the advantage line. And I think someone that suits that, perfectly is Payne Haas so he has a really quick play the ball uh, I think that'd work wonders for Cook uh, Walker Latrell. Um, yeah so Payne Haas would be the guy I would go for if I was uh, Wayne Bennett 
Well, I'll tell you what, if Mr. Bennett, if you if you get Payne playing for the Rabbitohs, I reckon I could almost convince you that the Rabbitohs are going to be in the grand final. Um, <laughs> maybe, just maybe. Uh, next, I'm going to talk to uh, Mr. Miles Arthur, the the <laughs> alter ego of Brad Arthur. Miles, who are the pa- who are the Eels looking for? I I understand you've got a couple of injury concerns there at the moment. Yeah, well, first of all, I'm not going to do a Brad Arthur impression because he's going to be the most boring <laughs> coach in the league. <laughs> um, but look, I'm I'm after some Katoni Stags. I reckon he's the, the probably the best center option available from those teams that we've uh, put our little red pen through. Uh, I'll stand corrected, but uh, he, he's also um, done a little bit of damage at five eighth as well. Um, and obviously, the Broncos have talked about moving there for a while. So I think should the Eels. Um, God forbid, lose one of their halves, or, or maybe Dylan Brown um, doesn't quite have it toward the end of the season. Um, you can always uh, throw him throw him in there and, and see how things work out. But um, that's certainly, I think, um, the Eels' tender point is the centres. And I think if you're going to add Stags in there, they you could you could potentially convince me that it could be the Eels in the grand final because that rounds out a uh, a pretty weakness free roster. They've also just about got the best bench in the league, I'd say. Katoni Stags would be just about the best centre in those bottom five, although I think that's pretty harsh from Petahiku, don't you think, Miles? Who? <laughs> 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 no way, he's a 5 and captain now, never mind. Um, <laughs> okay, my name's Bo Robinson, I'm in charge of the Roosters. Uh, look, there's so many superstars that would absolutely, uh, you know, we've mentioned a bunch of names like Tamalolo, Haas, like uh, Katoni Stags, so many, so many great, great players that would definitely uh, shake things up. I'm going to go with a bit of a future pick, and here's why: the Broncos are a shithole, and they are just absolutely leaking players like there's no tomorrow. And there's a bunch of really, really talented players off contract, and one of them that I've got my eye on. For, to build my roosters into the future is a guy named Tessie New. Now, he's currently... Probably his best position is the centres, uh, and he probably also is a 5'8 option. Now, I've noticed that uh, I've got a few injury concerns in my roosters at the moment, particularly outside backs. Uh, losing Brett Morris is a bit of a big one for me. Josh Morris is in and out of form. Uh, Suali is also out... So there's a, there's a, I think Tessie New provides me with a decent understudy uh, for guys like Joey Manu if he went, goes out injured. But there is also the fact that I'm looking towards the future as well. If I can get Tessie New for the rest of this season, I'm going to try and do what the Tigers tried to do with Harry Grant and then sign him long term because I've got a feeling that Joey Manu is going to, going to move on. And I wouldn't mind the idea of Tessie New doing an apprenticeship underneath James Tedesco while playing right center or or maybe even left center or off the bench so tessie knew is who i would go for the roosters um bit of a left field one i think but i, I reckon i rate that now i'm going to talk to kieran hasler um <laughs> who uh fresh off decimating the bulldogs roster i'm gonna trust you kieran to build the sea eagles roster with uh, a, a fresh pick uh, yeah, so I, I won't further decimate the Bulldogs. Um, my pick, I'll just get straight to it, is Dale Copley. Um, Miles has been a... No, I kid. It's uh, I was going to go Katoni Staggs, um, but I think uh, I'll try to go different, just as Miles has already picked him. I'll, I'll just go with his uh, partner, partnering centre in Herbie.
be fine with. I think they, they lack a bit of spark out uh, in the backs other than Tom Dubovic. He's obviously making others look really, really good. Um, I think Herbie Farnworth then with the, a bit of extra strike and spark there would, would do wonders for that team. Um, I would definitely have them uh, in contention to make that grand final. I ruled them out before, but if you add in Herbie Farnworth, I think that they could do it. Very interesting pick. And Farnworth offers a little bit of versatility across the, the back line as well. Uh, so, interesting one. I'm going to talk to a guy with a hyphenated uh, last name. We're going to go with Daniel Hannay Fitzgibbon uh, from the Cronulla Sharks. Uh, good luck trying to impersonate both of them at once. Um, uh, the Sharks are a fair chance of making the top eight here, uh, Hannay Fitz. So, who are you looking at to strengthen that even further? Well, Shawnee Johnson's just gone down, so we need someone to create some sort of tries or points or whatever it may be. And I think the man we're going to target is Adam Dewey from the Tigers. So big, strong running 5'8". I think he'll suit us perfectly. Would also kick you some goals too uh, and can can assist a try or or five, as we found out against the Broncos. Yeah, so he's, he's certainly the guy I've got my eye on, and if we can sign him for a few months, that'd be great. Fantastic. Miles Griffin. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) You're getting all all the personalities, Miles. Uh, (laughs) Miles Griffin, you're you're just holding on to eighth spot at the time of recording, I believe. Uh, If you're not, you're there or thereabouts. You've been in the eight pretty much all season, but you have got a tough run home. And of course, you have these rolling suspensions as well. Who are you going to find to patch up your roster? Well, first of all, hey guys, my name's Miles Griffin. Um, <laughs> please, please don't bring up the fact that uh, I could be coaching the Panthers right now. Payne Haas is who I'm choosing. Um, I think he's he's uh, as friends sort of alluded to, probably the best prop available um, from those those bottom teams. Uh, I think he'd be uh, probably a great loan for a club that's in in need of some some forward brutality. Um, they've got a a pretty ordinary forward pack, I think, and they've just lost um, one of the well, one of the intended biggest contributors to it which was uh paul vaughan who's again have wasn't having a great season but i think if you put Payne haas in front of this back line then uh might just give them a bit more um space and also uh a bit quicker of a roll on to, to work with so it'd be interesting to see the dragons behind Payne haas i think you're dead right that would be very interesting they, they may they may just make the top eight um, my name is Bo Stewart. I'm in charge of the, the the Raiders. I also was a gun halfback back in the day. And a halfback is what I'm looking for. I just, I don't think Sam Williams has what it takes to, like, yes, maybe get us into the eight. That's fine. But with the roster that I have available to me, I want more. I don't want to just be satisfied with the with the top eight. I want, I want someone to really drive us into it. And I, I can look at, there's two halfbacks, really, that I, I think would kind of fit the mould, and I'm going to have a tough time picking one. One of them is Kyle Flanagan from the Bulldogs. Now, the the problem with Kyle is, like, yes, he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a good goal-kicking option, um, and he has a very high ceiling, I think. Now, he's, he's out of favour at the Bulldogs. He was out of favour at, at the Roosters. He was let go by the Sharks when the Roosters wanted him. So, there's a bit of a check of history there. But I just feel like there is some untapped potential to Kyle Flanagan that perhaps the Roosters, who are a known shit organisation, missed. So, um, 
that's of course tongue very firmly in cheek. <laughs> uh, the uh, the other option that I've looked at is a guy who I think has a lot of talent, hasn't quite fulfilled all that, but with uh, a halfback just being signed to his club for next season, and Adam Duahy at five eighth, who really should not be moved. I'm looking at a guy like Luke Brooks. I feel like Luke Brooks with if he was told to just run, just run first, think, run, think, run, think, run like Jack White. And obviously, Brooks would have to play on his wrong side, but I think he'd deal with it. Um, I want to bring Luke Brooks in. I'm, I'm a gun halfback myself, Bo Stewart. So, I want to I want to get Luke Brooks into my organization and, and show him how to get the most out of himself. So, I'm going to go with Luke Brooks for the Raiders. And that would be, obviously, with the intention of making him a longer-term signing as well. Kieran Holbrook. That's actually quite a nice name. <laughs> What's going to drive you into the top eight? Um, we've come down and uh, we've sort of identified that we need to look at two positions. It's the the five eighth and the hooking role, um, and we're looking at Scott Drinkwater. Um, actually, two two Queensland um, or players that play for Queensland a Queensland team. We've looked at Scott Drinkwater for five eighth over Ash Taylor, uh, and Reese Robson in the hooking role. We're probably leaning towards Scott Drinkwater. We have switched around our hookers of late with Mitch Rain coming in for Aaron Clark, but I think Aaron Clark. Um, probably just needed a week off and he'll be right if he comes back in. Uh, I'm not sure if he's actually playing this week, but um, yeah, if, if he is, uh, I can't remember if I've told him or not. Um, but yeah, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll lean towards Scott Drinkwater. Uh, I just think that if you've seen how he's played, I, I'm pretty sure one of us had him as the, the most um, underrated player this season. Uh, and he, coming in for Ash Taylor, I think, with all due respect to Ash Taylor, um, any player just about in the NRL is an upgrade on him. But Scott Drinkwater would really bring uh, a lot of creativity. Um, that I know that that side probably hasn't um, been criticised for lacking, given that the they've had no worries scoring points. Um, but I, I think it'd be really great to have Scott Drinkwater sort of with his running game. And then, well, if Jamal Fogarty is back in time, um, steering the ship a bit more. And last but certainly not least, we have uh, Daniel O'Brien, a very, very fanatical Knights version of the O'Brien family. Like, you guys are right in the hunt to be in the top eight. Uh, Unfortunately, a couple of uh, uh, key losses in recent weeks. Which signing is going to get you guys back on the right track? Is this where I start wiping my face and making excuses in front of the media? Yes. Um, (laughs) So we've got zero strikeout wide at the moment. None. Duck egg. So Bradman's back this week. So we need a right centre. And I don't care if Miles Arthur wants him. I want Katoni Staggs on speed (laughs) dial. And I want him now. So we need Katoni and, yeah, get him down to Newcastle. I think it just becomes a matter of where would Katoni Staggs rather live? Parramatta or Newcastle? Uh I'll, I'll turn to Miles Arthur. Miles Arthur, would you? How would you sell the Parramatta region to Katoni Stags? I'd sell not living in Parramatta and commuting each day. He'd say they're all <laughs> they're all in Queensland at the moment, so it doesn't matter. That's true. That's well, a good point. Good point. Fair enough. Uh, so you wouldn't be moving far at all. Fair enough. Uh, so basically, comes down to uh, a money offer. Uh, good luck to both of you, Miles Arthur and. Daniel O'Brien, and thanks to you all for taking on the various monikers that I assigned you. Uh, let's take a let's take a let's take a quick little break, and we'll be back in the second half to review preview rather round twenty. Back soon. 
All right. My name is Bo Nicholson. I'm joined by Miles Stedman, Daniel Friend, and Kieran Gibson to preview round 20, which is just around the corner. Miles, you'll be first cab off the rank. Uh, I have no idea where this game is. It's probably in Queensland somewhere. In fact, it's at BB Print Stadium in Mackay. So that's uh, about a three or four hour drive south of Townsville for those that aren't too familiar. It's between the Roosters and the Eels. The Eels have hit a bit of a roadblock with uh, no Mo- Mitchell Moses miles. Do you reckon they can recover against the Roosters? Yeah, it's a, a really tough one to tip this one. Um, for the Roosters, Josh Morris is, is back in the side. Uh, thank goodness as well. I, I thought there was a chance we might have seen the last of him. Um, but unfortunately, replacing Billy Smith, uh, the luckless Billy Smith, I should add. Um, mm. So that'll have Joey Manu shifting to the wing. Um, and, and it's going to be Adam Kieran uh, in, in the centres. Um Fortunately for him, I think he's actually statistically the best goal kicker at the club. So that is um, that is good news for them. Um, yes. And, and CSCR Tagiaho back as well. Um, he'll probably be a goal kicking option too. But if they're looking at the numbers, then it will be Kegrin doing the kicking. Uh, for the Eels, not much to report. Opachik back. Um, um, Murata Niakor also out. Um, uh, and he'll be uh, replaced on the bench by... Bryce Cartwright, who has been led into Queensland despite being an anti-vaxxer. Um, but, uh, yeah, look, as I alluded to, it's um, the, it was a hard one for me to, to tip. Um, I was actually uh, considering when you were rolling onto me and you mentioned there was no Mitchell Moses, uh, I, I got, you know, second-guessing myself because I had the yields written down and I thought, oh, do I stick with them? Do I do I change? Both teams haven't looked all that great lately. I mean, the, the Roosters uh, probably not looking as great on paper versus on the field. They obviously demolished the Knights last week, but I am going to stick with the Eels here. I, I think that they'll, um, they'll they'll have adjusted to, to not having Mitchell Moses in the fold. Um, I expect Clint Gutherson to step up. Um, Dylan Brown as well. I, I know he's, he's not had the, the best year or not really kicked on as, as many thought he would, but I don't know. I just got a feeling about the Eels. No, I, I think they've genuinely turned a corner, so I'm going to back them in. All right. What, what I'm looking forward to on this one is the forward battle. Uh, Warrior Hargreaves, Leo, Crichton, Tupanua, Radley against Campbell Gillard, Paulo, Papali'i, Madison, and Brown. That's that's quite the fiery battle. It, it could be could be guns ablazing up in Mackay. And don't worry about the whole anti-vax thing. I think there's plenty in Mackay, so it's all good. Um, <laughs> I would... I'm going to back in the Roosters. It feels like the slightly safer bet, but they do have their own concerns with injuries too. Friendy, where do you land? Yeah, I'll be tipping the Roosters. I think this is the time of year that they really switch on, and uh, injuries or not, I don't think they've really mentioned that amongst the playing group. They're still trying to make a, a tilt at the title. So, yeah, I'll be going with the Roosters. And Kieran? Uh, this whole round is pretty 50-50, but I am leaning towards the Roosters. I, I really like the way that they're um, completing their sets, which is, it seems to be their whole game game plan, just to play simple footy, turn the other team around, and their forward pack, I think, edges the Eels. I'll be tipping the Roosters. The next couple of games, actually, are going to be from Suncorp Stadium. It's a double header on Friday evening. Kieran, are you going to it, by the way? Uh, no, I was going to be, but uh, I'm probably going up the Sunshine Coast, so I won't be going to the to the game. Uh, I'll obviously be watching, um, given that the Cowboys are on in the later game. But um, yeah, I'll be putting my feet up on the sun, up the Sunshine Coast, watching down in Brisbane, which is uh, a bit unfortunate, given that they're all the teams are in Queensland. Um, 
But for the Tigers, Luke Garnock is replacing or replaced by Bloor, and Michaeli is replaced by Offa Hingawi, who has been promoted to lock from the bench. Uh, and Moses Embai also comes off the bench and starts at centre. Um, for the Warriors, we've already touched on this. Peter Hiku um, starts at 5'8 and is the captain uh, in place of RTS. I'm not too sure uh, who played 5'8 um, last week. Um, and then, yeah, I as I said before, I, I think... Um, most of these games are very 50-50. I think the Tigers will have a little more ticker. They're higher on the ladder. Maybe they're, well, I'm sure they're thinking that there's still a, a slight finals chance. Um, so without little confidence, I'm tipping the Tigers. The Warriors are in a bit of a situation here when it comes to injury, as we've talked about already with uh, Peter Hiku being named to the captain at 5 which is a position that he's unfamiliar with. Uh, I believe the 5'8th last, year, uh, last week sorry, was Cody Nicarima, who's been moved to the bench. They also had Chad Townsend amongst their lineup, but he is out. Uh, Adam Fanua Blake's also out. Leeson Armour's also out. Matthew Lodge. Like, it's it's a lot of quality players that are missing for the Warriors, so it's really, really hard to tip either of these teams. But uh, I'm going to go with the Tigers myself. Friendy, who do you have? Yeah, I echo what you guys are saying. I have to tip the Tigers just because the Warriors just have too many players out. So, yeah, unfortunately, they uh, are going to struggle for a little bit here and I'll be tipping yeah, the West Tigers. That does hurt your prediction uh, with the ladder predictor of them coming eighth. Oh, yeah, um, my, my ladder predictor <laughs> was very sick last week. I think it had a big night the night before and it was, yeah, it was hung over. So. Yeah. It was vomiting like the dude in Team America. It was just like, yeah. get out of the street, you bum. You've given up on life, haven't you? Um, <laughs> Miles, have you also <laughs> given up on the Warriors? Oh, your team America is. Um, yeah, <laughs> tipping against the Warriors for sure. Um, I think if you're... Um, I think if you're a good offensive team, you've typically got the Tigers number and the war- that, well, at least that Warriors team is definitely not... Yeah, I, I agree with that. Uh, speaking of two red-hot teams, we've got the Broncos and the Cowboys. What a doubleheader, isn't it? Tigers <laughs> versus Warriors and the Broncos and Cowboys. The Broncos and Cowboys is usually a pretty entertaining game, though, and uh, I will do my darndest to get there. I don't know if I'll be able to with moving house, but I'll give it my best shot. The Broncos, they still don't have Xavier Coates in their lineup, uh, and I've been told that's not a... I've been told, like, I have some sort of, like, inner workings with Kevin Walters. Listen to me go. Um... <laughs> I've been told that he is not injured, that it is purely a, uh, a selection. So that's very fascinating. Uh, they've decided to go with Corey Oates and Jermaine Asako instead. Corey Oates, I can understand. Jermaine, not so much. Um, but anyway, uh, the Cowboys only really have the one major change with Ben Hampton becoming available again. He's replaced Dejan Arce on the bench. I, I quite liked Jake Granville at fullback. Like, I mean, like, for what he was, like, we didn't expect him to kill it, but he was pretty serviceable. You know, he did a pretty good job against the Storm. Uh, ben Hampton being on the bench means that they have a little bit of flexibility there, uh, you know, should they need to make a change uh, against the Broncos on the fly. Um, I thought Kane Bradley was really good on debut on the wing. So, uh, with my heart, but also I think with my head, I'm going to tip the Cowboys here. Miles, do you have faith in my Cowboys as well? Look, I I wasn't looking forward to this. Um, I do have, I do have faith. It could go either way this one. Um, but I actually think that the Broncos have probably been trending in the better direction the past few weeks. So I'm I'm tipping them. Well, particularly against well, actually they both had pretty strong showings against yeah, much yeah, better teams. Yeah. 
So uh, okay. it could could yeah. well be, but you're right. The Panthers are a formidable opponent, and the Broncos came home strong. Something that I'm not looking forward to if they do that against the Cowboys. Kieran, how are you feeling about this? Well, I'm the exact same as Miles. This is not something I've been looking forward to. Um, I'm not sure if I'm looking forward to Friday night. I'd, I'd, it, it'll be a close game, and, and we could definitely win. We've got the, the strength in the halves, I think, over them for sure, which is where uh, I'm still undecided, to be honest. But I'll I'll say the Broncos, just I think that they've kind of been the, the tougher team the last month, and they got that win over the Sharks, and then obviously nearly came back against the Panthers. I'm probably just leaning towards the Broncos. I feel like I maybe just had a stroke. Did you say <laughs> the Broncos against the Cowboys? <laughs> it's that song called, yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, righto. Uh, can you tell Owen that I'm not going to see him tomorrow because I'm crying. <laughs> I'm crying. Uh, Owen's, Owen's prediction is 62-0 uh, or 63-0 or something to the Cowboys, so I hope that helps. I'm surprised it's not like 49, 39 or some random numbers. Um, Friendy, you have you have the next game. Oh, sorry, you, uh, your prediction, sorry. Uh, Broncos or Cowboys first? Uh, I'll be tipping the Cowboys. I think anyone that goes yeah that close to beating and understrength Melbourne, it must be said. But yeah, I'll, I'll be tipping the Cowboys. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, you have the next game, which is between the Dragons and the Rabbitohs. It's from Brown Park at Rockhampton, which... Uh, if my trivia is correct, is a home game for Ben Hunt, but also for coach Anthony Griffin. A couple of local boys there then, I guess. So they've dropped Matt Dufty. Uh, so the young fella Tyrell Sloan comes in at, at the back there, which I don't mind, actually. The one thing I do mind, and I think it's oh, it's offensive to the other centres in the squad, Corey Norman has been named in the centres. Um, I have <laughs> no idea how they've come up with that. But I guess we'll see how that goes on um, game day. Uh, Jack DeBellin, Jack Bird, Blake Laurie are the three players serving their bands this week. So a bit of a shuffle in the in the forward pack with Billy Burns and Fui Maono coming back in. Um, the Bunnies, it looks like with them, uh, Cameron Murray's been banned for a crusher tackle. Uh, Jai Arrow has come into the starting side, which is a pretty handy replacement, really. Uh, and then Campbell Graham comes back in. I, I, yeah, I can't see anything but a Rabbitohs victory and a big one in this in this game. Yeah, Jai Arrow has served his bonk ban just in time. <laughs> uh, I would I would suggest the Rabbitohs as well. Kieran, who do you think? Yeah, uh, even if the Dragons were in um, the best form of of all season, uh, with their their roster, I can't see them beating the Rabbitohs. It would be hypocritical of us to be like, yeah, no, the Rabbitohs will make the grand final over the Panthers, but yeah, no, the Dragons will beat them. <laughs> so, <laughs> Miles, uh, even though you're going for a Panthers storm grand final, surely you're backing the Rabbitohs on this one. Yeah, for sure. Rabbitohs, even if it was in the goal. <laughs> All right. Uh, you have the next game, which is between the Knights and the Raiders. It'll be played at Suncorp Stadium at 5.30 on Saturday. Um, Bradman Best back for the Knights, which I'm sure Friendy is... Um, very happy about. Um, yep. Clemmer also back uh, on the interchange bench, uh, and and Pierce was was named um, uh, in the on the on an extended bench in the number twenty one jersey. So not sure if he, he plays or not, but um, who knows? Uh, it's it's a big it's one of those eight point games, so maybe he will. Um, Jack White and also back for the Raiders, uh, as is Elliot Whitehead. Um, so that's that's big uh, big news for the Raiders. Um, and, and also, Josh Papali uh, is uh, apparently going to start, but uh, I believe he uh, had a head knock, so 
um, you know, it's uh, a very um, volatile situation. So who knows how that goes? Um, but yeah, it's uh, as I alluded to, it's it's a really big game for both clubs. Um, you know, you'd think that there's by the end of the season probably some finals implications on either side. Um, the Raiders' resurgence has has had those other kind of uh, bubble teams like the Knights, like the Dragons, and the Sharks um, on notice. Um, they were disappointingly poor last week as well. The Knights, which is uh, doesn't hold a lot of hope, I think, for their chances in this game, but. Um, and likewise, the Raiders, um, of course, showed how tough they can be um, uh, to beat. They down the eels. Um, so I, I think the the Raiders are going to pick up a, a win here in a big spot. But uh, Friendy, maybe you think otherwise? No, I'll be tipping the Raiders as well. That's all ah, I want to say about it. Okay. <laughs> oh, for me, and I think Friendy, you're probably on a on a similar kind of train of thought. If Mitchell Pierce plays, yeah, exactly does, right. Does that sort of swing your vote? That'd change my tip, but as he's named in the 21 jersey, I can't see him playing. If he was playing, he just would have been named in the seven. So um, mm, yeah. I think, yeah, I don't think he plays, and I think the Raiders beat us. I'm with you both on that one. Kieran, how about you? I'm the exact same. Oh, look at us go. All very harmonious. Uh, oh, Storm and Panthers, the grand final, yeah. apparently. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Kieran, it's at Suncorp Stadium as well. Another doubleheader. The Brisbane fans will be uh, just so spoilt at the moment, and this one looks like it'll be a cracker. Yeah, this this whole weekend, as I said, are, are 50-50 games. And as Friend said before, um, the Cowboys nearly beat an understrength Melbourne Storm who welcomed back Cameron Munster, Del Finucane, and Felice Cafusi with Cooper Johns, Trent Lo-Oyuro. Lo- uh, and Tui Kamakamika shifting to the bench. Um, oh, it says here um, Harry Grant makes his return to the reserves. I don't know that he'll play. They don't. Uh, well, I was going to say they don't need him, but that they would it could definitely use him. It, it could be the, the grand final. We don't know just yet. Um, that would be a, a huge in if he if he can uh, prove his fitness. Nico Hines holds the number one jersey um, with Ryan Pappenhausen again on the bench, and um, Big Nass is out of the twenty-one man squad this week. Um, for the Panthers, Robert Jennings comes onto the wing to replace To'o, um, who, as I said before, it says he's out for six weeks. So, yeah, as we said before, um, could could only just come back in time for the first week of the finals. And then Tyra May has that MCL, and that's a, a lengthy stint on the sideline. Um, with um, the absences, Matt Burton moved to 5'8", and Rent Naden replacing him in the centres, and Jerome Luai to halfback with Nathan Cleary at least another week away. Um, and Isaiah Yeo will miss at least this week, as expected, and is replaced by Matt Eisenhuth, uh, while Liam Martin moves to the front row to take the place of, of James Fisher-Harris for family reasons. That's a, a lot of rearranging for the Panthers. I, I didn't actually realise that. Um, I mean, I was already going to tip the storm, but um, the fact that the Panthers are, are rearranging uh, their squad so much, I, I'll definitely have to, to, to go with the storm in a, 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 to be honest, a convincing victory. Yeah, I'm, I'm not as sure about the convincing nature of it because the Panthers are just a, a high-quality side. But I think there's a number of big outs there. I think the biggest ones uh Fisher-Harris in the front row. Um, Liam Martin is not at his best in the front row, in my opinion. And I think probably the biggest one, and that's including Toro, of course, is Isaiah Yeo, who is, is such a pivotal cog, uh, a link man between their strike power out wide and their middles. Matt Eisenhuth, with respect, is not Isaiah Yeo. So, to me, that's the storm. 
maybe not super comfortably, but I'm pretty confident with that one. Friendy, what do you think? Yeah, you you really struggle to win against the good sides without your best players. So no Cleary, Coruscant, Yo, uh, Toto. Uh, yeah, I have to tip Melbourne in this one. And Miles? Yeah, Storm for me too. But uh, to be honest, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world for the Panthers to be hiding all their good players from the Storm in this instance. Just, uh, I wouldn't, yeah, uh, who cares, you know? You, you don't want the, the Storm to have a look at your absolute best performance. Well, that's that's an interesting uh, little bit of ducks and drapes drakes that you're uh, that you're suggesting, Mister Stedman. Uh, I expect no less though from from an outside the box <laughs> thinker like yourself. Uh, so yes, as four votes for the Storm, but with a possible silver lining for the Panthers. Indeed, the next game is a away game at home, sort of for the Titans on Sunday afternoon. Uh, they're playing at Seabus Super Stadium. It's against the Bulldogs, who are technically at home. Uh, the big news for the Bulldogs, I suppose, is that Kyle Flanagan has been given the keys to the yacht again at halfback. That moves Jake Avarillo to 5'8". That means that our favourite wrestler since Triple H, Lachlan Lewis, has been dropped to the reserves. Uh, the fullback rotation continues. I find that interesting given that Nick Meany was pretty much inspiring a, a, a second-half comeback with his aerial skills uh, in the middle of the field against the Sharks. And then he's been moved to the wing uh, for Corey Allen, possibly the greatest fullback of all time for Queensland. Uh, 100% <laughs> strike rate, of course. I'll keep mentioning that. Um, uh, for the Titans, very in- impressive debut performance for Toby Sexton, I thought. Um, could have run the ball a bit more, but what he was doing was providing a lot of really quality service. Uh, I think there's a, a good future for him there, but otherwise not a lot of movement for the Titans. They they have to replace Patrick Herbert, who is out, uh, but they'll be okay. Uh, I would suggest the Titans should. If, if they consider themselves a chance of making the top eight, they really should get this one done. What do you say, Kieran? Yeah, if it, if the Titans were out of finals contention, I would probably uh, go go towards the Bulldogs. But um, Titans in finals contention, I'll tip them. Miles, what do you say about that one? I say that you've uh, you, you said Kyle Flanagan's been given the keys to the yacht. Let's let's be real; it's Canterbury. He's given being given the keys to the souped up Commodore. <laughs> uh, for a loss or for a win? <laughs> <laughs> That's right, tipping uh, for a loss. <laughs> and uh, friendy, uh, who do you have? Yeah, certainly more yachts on the go, the Gold Coast, and I'll be going with them. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Uh, we, we, of course, do base our tips on uh, yachts per capita in the city. So, uh, <laughs> there are a few yachts, actually, at the next destination and at both the clubs that play. It's the Cronulla Sharks against the Manly Sea Eagles, the Southern Beaches versus the North. Played at the very northern smaller beaches i suppose uh in brisbane uh, at redicliffe which it used to be called redicliffe that's a little bit of a insider knowledge for you guys morton daly stadium at redcliffe it's a big deal for redcliffe to have a game like this uh don't want to underplay that they are somebody that uh consider themselves a, a, a well they considered themselves a big chance of of uh granting gaining expansion i should say i'm just rambling really uh sharks versus seagulls friendy who do you what do you what, what do you reckon about this one well, the Sharks could potentially get used to their new home up there if you believe the media. They might not come <laughs> back. So, uh, Sean Johnson's out. 
Uh, he'll miss a few weeks. Trindle goes to halfback. Connor Tracy will jump into the six, and I really like that. I think Connor Tracy's a, a real goer. I think he's someone that everyone would want to play with and be in the team with. Um, so he moves to his best position at 5'8". Will Chambers comes into the centres. Um, Moylan's on the bench. It looks like for the Seagulls, Curtis Sirenen will jump back onto the bench for him. The rest of them, um, basically similar team to last week and I thought their bench was really strong um, Dylan Walker has got through that head knock that he had so yeah I'll be tipping Manly and, and I think they'll do it pretty comfortably to be honest yeah like this is probably one of the stronger teams the Sharks are capable of fielding uh, considering their halves uh, injuries that they've got and letting go of the fifth best halfback in the con- Chad Townsend early um, the Seagulls Oh, by the way, Friendy, a couple of weeks ago, you mentioned that you didn't like the fact that Tolman and Woods play together so often because of their slow leg speed. And since you mentioned that, I've become acutely aware of it. And you're dead right. And it's something that Paseka uh, and Tapao just simply don't have. They, they're going to dominate those opening exchanges, I would suggest. And, and you don't want... Tom Trevojevic playing on the front foot. So I agree with you. I think the Seagulls will get the job done. Miles, what do you say? Yep, uh, Seagulls by a lot. And uh, I will foreshadow that in my um, in my bold prediction. Ooh, very nice. I haven't thought of my bold prediction yet. So let me get thinking while, Kieran, you tell me uh, who you're going to tip in as long as possible. <laughs> uh, if the Sharks were to win, I think Connor Tracy would be uh, doing everything for them. But uh, I think the the Seagulls are full strength, so I'll have to go the Seagulls. Uh, the great man Connor Tracy, uh, the greatest player to ev- to never play State of Origin. You've got you've got my you've got my stamp of approval there, Kieran. Uh, let's talk bowl predictions uh, while I formulate mine, Miles. You're an out of the box thinker. I'd love to hear your version of a bowl prediction. <laughs> it's not too out of the box, I don't think. Um, Sean Johnson, obviously been, as we've uh, recently discovered, the straw that stirs the drink, the Sharks drink at least, um, <laughs> the past few weeks, or, or whenever he's in the lineup. Um, he's been out of it a fair bit with the Sharks, unfortunately. Um, and it, it looks like his, his career in the, the Sutherland Shire might be over, unfortunately. Um, and I, I think they'll go into this game sort of devoid of a bit of confidence and, and certainly a bit of playmaking, uh, as good as... Uh, Tracy and Trindle have been. Um, I uh, I like the Seagulls to uh, give you some betting pilots here. Uh, cover the spread, I believe they say, uh, and win by more than uh, 17 and a half points. Right, so uh, so 18 or more victory for the Seagulls. It seems like it could be on the money. Friendy, what's your bold for this week? My bold is South Sydney to win by more than 40 and Latrell to score a hat-trick as part Yikes. of that. Mm. Yeah, big win. Uh, if Corey Norman's in the centres, good luck when Latrell's coming out the back. I don't think Latrell will be passing this week. He'll use some of that tape on his hands. <laughs> um, which is probably illegal, uh, to be honest. But uh, like, surely Corey Norman plays left centre, so he'll be somewhat out of the firing line. It'll be poor old... Uh, is it Amoni that's playing in right centre for the Dragons? My goodness, he's going to have a torrid time. Uh, yes, so Rabbitohs by 40 with a hat-trick to Mitchell. That's, yeah, that's that's a fairly good get, that one, potentially. Kieran, what's your bowl for this week? I'm going to double down on my Storm versus Panthers game prediction. I'm going to say, judging by uh, points scored against, the Storm will have the best defence by the end of the round. 
Okay, so the best defense by the end of the round. Where where does that sit currently? Do you know? I think I'm pretty sure the Panthers have it, and it has to be a, a 29 point swing. So the the Storm have to win by oh sorry 30 point swing. The Storm have to win by 30 to for that to change. Uh yeah right okay that's that's gonna be a tricky one. That's very yeah. bold indeed. I am going to go with. The, uh, like the thing that drew my attention the most was the forward battle between the Roosters and the Eels right at the start. So I'm going to go with the Roosters' middles laying the platform. That is Wairia Hargreaves and Takeoho to run for more than 150 metres and Isaac Leo to join them, but just for a, just over 100 instead of 150. So 150 to Wairia Hargreaves and Takeaho and uh, 100 metres to Isaac Leo. That's, that's my bold prediction. Guys, thank you very much for your uh, thoughts about round 20 and let's wrap up the episode. I'm going to say... Go my brand well not my brand new dog it's my partner's brand new dog we don't live together yet but she her name is Willow I want to give a shout out to Willow so go the Willow or the dog <laughs> the uh, the dog is Willow <laughs> um, she's very cute she's a mini Dachshund she's uh, she's ten weeks old now so uh, she's she's winning over everybody especially me so uh, go Willow. I'm going to give a shout out to uh, a guy I used to actually run with in Toowoomba, Pat Tiernan. He's running in the uh, 10K final at the Olympics on Friday night. So if uh, if you're not doing anything Friday night, if you don't want to watch the Cowboys versus Broncos, he's on at, I think, 9.30. So, yeah, go Pat Tiernan. Go Pat, yes. I'll be giving a shout out to my partner because ever since I mentioned her mum on the podcast, uh, she's been asking me for a shout out. So, uh, go Shell. (laughs) (laughs) Go Shell. Uh, And lovely to have you, Shell. Uh, I'll give you a shout out another time. Who you got, Miles? Oh, I I forgot my shout out. So, I'll give a shout out to Shell as well. She's got got two. Hey, hey, careful. Above the Horizontal is brought to you by the Pioneer Australia. Find them on Facebook or at www.pioneeraustralia.wordpress.com. The panellists are Miles Stedman, Kieran Gibson and Daniel Friend. And it's hosted and produced by me, Bo Nicholson.